Welcome to Apaga University. I'm Inga. And I'm Julie. We are two entrepreneurs who have built an in-home care business from the ground up, guided every step of the way by God's care and fueled by agape love. 16 years later and over 100 podcast episodes already under our belts, we invite you to continue on this journey with us as we share stories that resonate, insights that inspire, and practical guidance that empowers you to face any obstacle along this path. Whether you're a professional caregiver, a family member, or are simply curious about what your steps will be when you need them, you have come to the right place. Oh, hey, and while you're here, make sure you hit that subscribe button. And after that, make sure you send this to a friend. Yes, do it. All right, we'll quit fooling around and get to it. Let's go. Class is in session. Hello, Sunshines, and hello, Julie. How are you? It's been a day, Inga. <laughs> I just can't even. I know. I, I, it's good. It's good. <laughs> it's good. It's it's good. <laughs> it's been a wild, crazy, busy day. Yes, it and is. I think it's very fitting that the question is, what what do you think brings you the most happiness in this busy world? <laughs> Yes. Well, <laughs> what 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 brings the most happiness? Um, you know, right now, just after work, because <laughs> I love what I do. But when I go home to go out and walk through the fields and see the baby calves and to just take a breath and, and just slow down for two minutes. Yes, that's that's what's giving my <laughs> me my peace. Well, mine was going to be something about petting the animals. <laughs> This cat knows that it's been kind of a wild day, and she <laughs> she shows up for me. <laughs> she knows I need a little bit no. of uh, yeah comfort yes. anyway. So uh, apologies for Tuna here, but anyway, yes, <laughs> I am with you. It is just slowing down, walking through the animal. I think the animals mm -hmm. are a big thing for yeah. me, and especially if I can do it with my family. So a lot of times, Kevin and Bailey and I, at the end of the day, we'll go out and we'll just walk through and look at the sheep and pet the dogs and slow down. And um, it's, no, I go it's by good myself. for the soul. Oh. Yes. You know what else is awesome when I get home? So we have uh, Perry Dog, the Prairie Dog, our black lab. <laughs> and uh, that dog is so excited to see me. Oh. Like, I, literally, I drive up and I have to slow way, way, way down because she runs out. And then I have to go super, super slow. And I literally open my door so she can come around and say hello. And as soon as I just pet her on, just pet her on top of the head, and then she'll kind of retreat. Oh I'm like, that's word. what you want, right? When you get home, you want someone that excited to see you? <laughs> no, right? <laughs> yeah, Chaz, he'll lift up his head and go, oh, it's you. <laughs> Bring me a treat. <laughs> Lady, snap, snap. Snap, snap it to it. Oh, that's so funny. Oh. oh, this cat cracks me up. Well, anyway, gosh, we have a very informative, I would say, episode for you guys today. Yeah. And it's, um, you know, it's it's heavy stuff, but mm -hmm. it's things that need to be talked about right. and um, practical things that I we just feel like the world needs to know about. Yeah, we've talked about this before, mm -hmm. but I think we truly have to slow down and only talk about this one form. Yes. So people can understand how to get it done, what it's giving directive to, and, and why it's so important. Yep. Yeah. Absolutely. Well, let's let's go into our verse because okay. you selected a very good one. Yes. And this is John 3:16. For God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son that whoever believes in him shall not perish but have eternal life. Isn't that the best known verse? It is, in isn't the Bible? it? I'm pretty sure yeah. that everybody knows John yeah. 3:16. Yep. I love that one. Yeah. 
Yeah. And the reason that I picked that, besides it being such a wonderful verse, is because of the topic today. Yeah. We are going to be talking about um, a, a step of preparing for end of life. Mm-hmm. However, there is comfort yes. in knowing that verse and taking it to heart and, and the belief. Yes. Just the believing, I yeah. think. Is, yeah. Believing. For sure. Yeah. Who would you bring to us for your uplifting story this week? Well, it's <laughs> <laughs> oh, I am actually not really uplifting today at all. <laughs> but um, because of the topic, this popped up as I was, you know, looking for something fun. And I thought, well, I'll just go with it. And it's sure. five ways to plan for the final years. Oh, fantastic. And it's just <laughs> kind of bringing it all together. Um, and so th- there was a gal that um, she actually was shocked in, in when her husband got sick and all of a sudden she had to deal with a terminal cancer diagnosis. So her, her, her whole thing in life now is to help people with that end-of-life paperwork and, and understand the importance mm-hmm. of having that. And so even though discussing these kinds of things can be uncomfortable and highly emotional, there is a, a relief in it mm-hmm. and, and a peace that yes. comes with that. And, and a lot of the times people won't talk about into life paperwork because they're going to live forever. Well, I'm guilty of not wanting to talk about it with my yeah. family members, even though I know better <laughs> and, and, and I'm going to tell everybody else to do it, but I get it. Yes. Yeah, so the first thing she says is face your finances, uh, basically getting those finances in order early, sooner than later, um, helps you then also understand where you're going to be at with the, the different bills that are going to come mm-hmm. and you know, there's such a concern with our elderly that they're going to be a burden for their family. Yeah. And so she's like, just know where you stand so you can get it figured out. Yes. Uh, develop relationships with key people and organizations. I like to think we're one of those organizations <laughs> that people would want to talk to to get prior proper planning. Yes. Um, use photos and heirlooms as conversation prompts uh, where it says, um, you know, things like, oh, grandma left me this brooch. Which of my stuff would you like? When I'm no longer here. Yes. You know, a lot of people take that piece of masking tape and, and put it behind a pretty picture, right? Yes. Make a bucket list. She says, don't just do all the hard, icky stuff. Bring some joy into it. That's really, that is really great yeah, advice. That, and then mm-hmm. um, consider uh, personality and preferences. Um, and when we had talked about um, aging in place. Mm-hmm. And so that was just another big topic. Once again, this is stuff that we've already talked about in all of our other podcasts, but it just was this, this lady, Jeannie, and it was her, her goal now again was to help people with just those five different ways to plan. Yeah. And so, yeah, I mean, it's, it's, it all makes a ton of sense. Yeah. Yeah, so not as uplifting as normal, <laughs> but uh, just it, it came across, and I thought I could just feel Jeannie wanting me to share. Oh, I love that. <laughs> well, thank you. I think that that's super solid. Well, I, and I'm sure to a lot of people, this is going to be old news, um, but again, I was uh, scrolling through some social media, and I love what comes up on my feed because the majority of it has to do with, like, uplifting stories um or people or what does tuna have to say about it i'm not sure she's she's very interested in being part of this episode today yeah she's very lovey to you (laughs) yes (laughs) so my this this um basically a picture came across my screen and it it is of warwick dunn 
And he actually is a former NFL football player. His mom was a Baton Rouge police officer who was shot, shot and killed when he was a senior in high school. Mm-hmm. Um, he raised his five siblings while he was in college. Uh, then he went on to play in the NFL. And um, after that, he, he started what is called the Warwick Dunn Charities. And he is actually... Um, built and paid for. This picture says over 173 homes for single mothers sacrificing millions of his own dollars uh, so that they could have better lives. Well, I went and I looked at his charity and and basically what they do is they help with home furnishings, down payment assistance, um, nutrition and wellness education, financial literacy, scholarships, tech skills, career development. And it's just interesting to me that um, he was able to take what happened to him and know the importance of, of providing some opportunities for people that otherwise may not have them. Mm -hmm. So the impact from this charity since 1997, um, they have furnished 200 houses. They've served 26 different markets and uh, 541 dependents. They have helped 92% of families remain in their homes and, um, have donated or assisted I would assume by now it's it's at a million, but it was right under a million dollars mm. worth of down payment assistance for oh, people. Wow. That's and so cool. I, part of what hit me on this too is just thinking about the housing crisis that we're in, yeah. not just in Kalispell, but I mean, everywhere. Mm-hmm. Everybody that you talk to, whether they're in the state of Montana, they're out of state, it's a crisis right now. And so this just really hit me. Like I said, it's probably old news for a lot of people. Uh, But when the picture came up on Instagram and I started looking into it, I thought, you know what? I think this guy is worth talking about. Oh, I love it. Yeah. I was new news to me. I know. I love that. So (laughs) hopefully it's new news to at least a few people out there. Yes, yes, right, right. Well, good. Tuna has finally exited the scene. So (laughs) hopefully that will not be as awkward anymore. All right. So we are going to be talking about Holst. Yep. Tell us, what, what does Pulse mean? It's the big capital P, capital O, capital L, capital S, capital T. Provider Orders for Life Sustaining Treatment. So what that is, is they, um, it's a one piece of paper that you get from your primary physician that gives some directives if, like, we were there as a caregiver, mm-hmm. there was a life emergency that we had to call 911, you would hand that green paper to the the uh, fireman or paramedic that came in, they would know exactly what your wishes were. Wow. And it's all on one piece of paper, that's good enough to get you to the ER, and then you go from there. Right. But um, I love that form, and I feel that everybody should have it and and usually they ask you to put it like on your fridge Mm -hmm. or any of that Um, and and so when I'm doing home visits very often I ask them you know we always have to ask advanced directives because if we're in the home and there is a medical emergency what are their wishes Mm -hmm. we got to know that and um, the very best thing is to see that ugly green color it is the most (laughs) god-awful green I don't know who gave it you can't miss it I think that's why (laughs) that's why it is but um, basically, uh, they they have that, and in you, you're, there's a sense of peace because you can give that to that that paramedic. Right. So basically, what we have is this ugly green piece of paper, <laughs> and um, the one I have as an example is on white. <laughs> so, but it's that one page form. And we're going to go through each of the sections. Yes, I love it. Yeah. So one of the things that we want to give credit to is Montana State University, their extension there. They have what's called MONT guides, M-O-N-T guides, all one word. Mm -hmm. And they have 
every single topic in the world from gardening to end of life to financial to uh, parenting plans. Mm -hmm. It's amazing what that extension aid um, group has done there. Wow. And um, that's where this came from. And this um, Marsha Getting, mm -hmm. uh, she's a PhD there at Extension Family Economic Specialist. Mm -hmm. I have uh, heard her speak, mm -hmm. and she's awesome. Wow. And um, to be, a, we give her all the credit for the information that we're sharing today because I think what she has done is she takes topics and writes them into ways that people can understand them and they're easy to use. So literally, we're going to take her information to explain this form. So that it's it's easy and people understand. Awesome. Um, yeah. So on that farm, there's an A, B, C, and D, and we'll we'll just go through that. Yes. So, so basically, I'm just going to start on Marsha's um, this document here, and it, yeah. it says, "What is a Montana Pulse?" Yeah. So provider orders for life sustaining treatment is a medical order. You are your agent, whom you have named in a healthcare power of attorney, and your healthcare provider are the individuals who sign the document. The completed Pulse establishes that you and your medical provider have discussed and you have indicated treatment preferences when you have a serious illness. Now, it's important to know that you do not have to fill out a Pulse document and that the completion of a Pulse is voluntary. Right. The Pulse document should become a part of your medical records regardless of where you are being treated, whether that's at home, in an emergency room, hospital, nursing home, memory care unit, assisted living. Um, while the document was designed to be transferable among settings, new providers may ask you to complete a new Pulse. Um, the new provider often redocuments to verify that he or she had the discussion with you about your treatment preferences um, and throughout your stay at the different facility during the latest stage of a serious illness. So if you complete a POLST, all healthcare providers and family members should be aware of what you have stated in the document. Yeah. And it is my understanding that the POLST, the most current POLST is the standing POLST. So right. if you wrote something and then you move into a, a facility and they have you write something new, um, the newest one is, is what will be... Um, acknowledged. Right. The <laughs> other thing for people to be aware of is uh, we work in hospice situations mm -hmm. quite often. Um, when there is a hospice situation, we don't call 911 mm -hmm. with a medical emergency. Right. What happens is we call the hospice company that they're using mm -hmm. as our medical director. Yep. We say there's a shortness of breath, there's pain, we need to readjust the meds. Right. Whatever the case is, we call them as medical direction. So that... Um, is not when we use a Pulsed either. Right, right, right. So. Yes, absolutely. Um, how did Pulsed become available in Montana? Well, Oregon was the first state to establish the Pulsed form, and the development was in response to seriously ill patients who received medical treatments that were not consistent with their wishes. The Montana Board of Medical Examiners was approached about creating a Pulsed document for the state, and with assistance from the Department of, or from the Montana Department of Public Health and Human Services, um, Pulsed first became available in Montana during 2010. Since that time, the document's been updated, and mo the most recent version is was done in September of 2019. Um, so basically, Pulsed came into play, and, and when Pulsed came into play, Comfort One and DNRs were replaced by Pulsed. Right. So can you explain a little bit about that, Julie? So the Comfort One program um, has been eliminated from the EMS system in Montana, and uh, Comfort One has been replaced, re been replaced by the Pulsed. Existing Comfort One documents and bracelets, however, will be honored by EMTs. Mm -hmm. So they're still... 
a few people out there that still have the old stuff. Right, right. Have but it's re- also just for the different verbiage now. Sure. And a DNR, which is a do not resuscitate, is a directive from a licensed physician or advanced practice registered nurse indicating healthcare providers should not attempt CPR if the patient's heart or breathing stops. And so the state of Montana has replaced the DNRs with a pulsed. Right, right. And then there is the question of people thinking, well, I have a declaration or I have a living will, so why do I need a pulsed? Right. And that basically the Montana Terminally Ill Act enables um, an individual who is of sound mind and who is an adult, which would be 18 or more years of age, that they can make a declaration or living will. The declaration will govern uh, the withholding or withdrawing of life-sustaining um, life-sustaining treatments when a person is in a terminal condition. A declaration must be signed by the person executing it and by two witnesses. A declaration is not a medical order like the Pulse document. So they're two different things. Okay. Yeah. Um, a Montana can also designate another individual to make decisions about withholding or withdrawing life-sustaining treatment if he or she is unable to do so. Um, so that is another animal, but I just think it's important mm-hmm. to say that they're two different things. Right. Right. Yeah. Absolutely. So then when you get back to the, the preferences on the post, um, basically you were talking, Julie, about wanting to run through and, and go ahead and just kind of walk us through what those sections are and what it, what's going to be asked of you. Sure, sure. So when you're looking at it, basically you put your legal last name, your legal first name, and your date of birth. Mm-hmm. And it does say that first follow these orders, then contact your physician, advanced practice registered nurse, or physician's assistant for further orders if indicated. These medical orders are based on the person's medical conditions and wishes. And if section A or B is not complete, full treatment for that section is implied. Mm -hmm. Completing a post is always voluntary. Right. So essentially, I guess what I'm... What I'm hearing is if you have not made a selection on section A or B, mm-hmm. then full treatment is going to be the response. Right. Um, on section A, I guess it's going to ask about if a person does not have a pulse and they are not breathing, do you want CPR? Do you not want CPR? Right. So that's your first decision to yes make Yes or no. Yes or no. So when we get into our section B, this is the medical interventions. And this mm-hmm. has to do with a person who does have a pulse and is breathing. Right. So different circumstance than than section A. Um, And the medical interventions, full treatment would be, the the primary goal would be to prolong life by all medically effective means, right? Yes. So what does that mean, Julie? Well, that means um, use intubation, advanced airway interventions, mechanical ventilation, cardioversion. Um, So then when you get them to the hospital, that also includes intensive care. Okay. So that's the full Monty. Full meal deal. That's the whole deal. Okay. Yeah. Then we have the selective treatment. And yes. the goal of this is to treat the medical condition while avoiding burdensome measures. Mm-hmm. So can you elaborate on that for us? So um, in addition to treatment described below in the comfort-focused treatment, then they use IV antibiotics and IV fluids as indicated. You do not intubate. They may use non-invasive positive airway pressure transferred to the hospital if indicated they avoid the intensive care so they pick and choose right that I want to only be able to breathe by myself right or I only want you know this so that's where you get very so they want a little bit of care but Mm -hmm. maybe not everything right and then when you go on to that comfort comfort focused treatment um and then the primary goal of that is to just maximize the comfort of an of an individual relieve pain and suffering 
Um, that would be through medication by any route as needed, using oxygen, suction, manual treatment of airway obstruction, if if indicated. Um, do not use treatments that are listed in the full treatment and selective treatments above um, and less consistent with the comfort goal. So the And these people would not necessarily be transferred to a hospital for life-sustaining treatment. Transfer only if comfort needs cannot be met in their current location. Right. Then we have Section C, which is artificially administered nutrition. And so this is where people get a little emotional Mm -hmm. um, in terms of the other topics are very hard. But when you're talking about being able to eat or drink, Mm -hmm. can you do that by yourself? So that's where we're talking about the options are artificial nutrition by two, which is a long-term permanent if indicated, artificial nutrition by two short-term, which is just a temporarily mm-hmm. an option, or no artificial nutrition by tube. And then there's a section on the side that says no decision has been made. Right. I think a lot of people um, have never thought about it. Mm-hmm. And then all of a sudden they're like, oh my goodness, how would I want to be kept alive? How would I want nourishment? Mm-hmm. And, and that's very, very hard. And a lot of people don't even mm-hmm. think about it as an option until maybe they've had a friend or a family member go through it. And then they're like, oh, now I understand right. how it impacts. Right. It's interesting too, because um, we have had people that we've taken care of mm-hmm. who had feeding tubes mm-hmm. and that is what kept them alive. Mm-hmm. And once they got through whatever it was they were going through, mm-hmm. they came back, they thrived, they you know, had the feeding tube, tube taken out. Um, it's just, it's an interesting thing because, you know, the one particular individual I'm thinking about, had she not have had a feeding tube right. during this period of her life, she would not still be alive. Yeah. Oh, she elected word. to have the, fe- her family elected to have the feeding tube and now she's alive and well. Mm-hmm. Interesting. Very, very interesting. D- definitely not an easy thing to think about decisions then we move into our section d which is essentially the section that says okay who did we discuss this with did you discuss your patient medical power of attorney legal guardian any other person Uh, what would their name and relationship be so essentially then it gets signed off on um by the the person themselves right Mm -hmm. and then if there's another decision maker and also the physician did I see them all? Yeah. So um, basically, you have to make sure that the, all of the signatures are there for mm-hmm. it to be valid. And so um, besides having this piece of paper, what I haven't realized is that they also have a pulsed bracelet. Mm-hmm. And yep. um, so it's where can I get a pulse form and a pulse bracelet? Um, and so they call it Terra Green. I've been calling it Ugly Green. <laughs> <laughs> I read it called like lime green in some places. Um, It's just very obviously green and bright and attention grabbing. Yes. And for the purpose, it's very important. I appreciate that color. Uh, But I have heard in some um, places, I just had a a, a relatively new caregiver of ours. Um, She came to us from another state Mm -hmm. and she said that everybody that had the, uh, had a pulse had to have the bracelet. Oh, wow. Yeah. Is that, that must have been a state regulation? Maybe? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And because if they didn't have the bracelet on, then it was like they got the full treatment. Full, full meal deal. Okay. So that's where you want to make sure that, again, everybody understands. Mm-hmm. We had a situation one time where um, we were with the gentleman and um, he was very ill. We couldn't get a hold of the daughter 
Mm-hmm. And we, so we called 911, mm-hmm. which we called 911, then we called the daughter. Right. But um, it, there was no paperwork anywhere. And they did not necessarily want all everything done. But she also, when we did get a hold of her, did realize that she hadn't given the direction that she wanted because he had right. just come out of the hospital. So right. everything, the situation had changed. Right. And, um, but that really was a huge thing. Oh my gosh, I've got to get this paperwork up where you guys can see it. Mm-hmm. Um, everything was fine. It worked out. Right. But it was very scary for all of us because we couldn't get a hold of her. We couldn't find the paperwork. Right. And, and it was because there had been that glitch where he had been in the hospital. So some things had things changed. it just the paperwork didn't get done Mm -hmm. so another thing for people to think about is this current and if we take um you know a decline of any sort are we still right in that same mindset yes is this still what we want yeah or has it changed yeah it's it's interesting because it is a moving document and as things change with people you do want to make sure that you're updating it yeah um I think they say in the home, it's best to put it like on the refrigerator or maybe next to a nightstand Mm -hmm. somewhere that it's, that it's obvious if in case of emergency um, to be able to find. And I think I read somewhere that if you had, so you want your lime green copy in the home, but I think they even said, take, you know, make some copies that you can just take with you if you do end up in the hospital or if the ambulance does end up coming. So you have that document available. (laughs) Another home visit that I did, we were talking about the post. And so the daughter got up right in the middle of the home visit and she was, I know it's around (laughs) here somewhere. And, and they literally had to pull the refrigerator out because it had fallen down (laughs) and they hadn't thought about it, but I had brought it up and they were like, we know we have that. Where in the world is it? Oh, that's and it was it was very funny because their reaction. She was not going to continue because <laughs> it was. She was like, "I know it's here. We we've, we've got to find this. I, it's so important." I relate to her very much. I'm sure I would be the same. Like we time out. Yeah, <laughs> cannot just, continue until we find. Can this I help paper. you move that refrigerator back yes, now? Yes. But we found it and we were able to move on. But it was very cute because she was it, it, as I talked to her about advanced directives and the importance of us knowing what their wishes would be in case of medical emergency. She's like, okay, like you said, time out. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yes. Yeah. All right. So when should you review your post? So it should be reviewed periodically and more specifically if the patient is transferred from one healthcare setting or care level to another. Mm -hmm. Um, If there are substantial changes in the patient's healthcare status, including previous wishes that conflict with medical recommendations. Um, If the patient has changed in treatment preferences. Mm -hmm. So if anything big happens, it's definitely a a time to just review. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah, not just your pulse, but your will and all of that. Yes. What do they say? The five Ds every decade. Yes. If you have a, a death in the family, if you have a divorce in the family, any of those, a decline in your mm-hmm. health, those are the Ds where you need to review all of that yeah. and just add the pulse to that. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, what if I want to modify or void my pulse? A patient or healthcare agent can at any time void a pulse by executing a verbal or written advance directive or by completing a new pulse form. So after discussing with your healthcare provider, you can void the form in writing, just write void on it. Um, And then this is interesting too. The Pulse document can be stored in the provider's electronic records. And isn't there also an end of life registry? Yeah, it's really cool. That is really, really, really important, I Mm -hmm. think. 
Yeah. Oh, yeah. I, if, if everybody would do it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> That's well, the problem. I am the worst about giving advice and not following my own advice. So. Yeah. Yeah. No, it's, it's, it's good if the majority of everybody would have it mm-hmm. in there because you in, a, in the midst of a medical emergency, yes. you don't want to have to be wondering well, where it is or looking for it. And if the gal that couldn't find it and had to pull the refrigerator out, mm-hmm. I mean, worst case scenario, if it was registered, mm-hmm. then you know that at least the information is there. Because I'm assuming that probably, I mean, in those situations, does does the healthcare provider go and pull that registry or does it just get pulled if we don't know if there's one? I guess that's maybe something to look into. I, I, I worry about that because honestly, time is of the essence mm-hmm. in many situations. Yes. And and you have to make that decision. Yeah. Yeah, I that reminds me of a situation and that this isn't necessarily about the pulsed, mm-hmm. But this is the importance of having end-of-life discussions with your people. Mm-hmm. When I was working in the emergency room, mm-hmm. um, there was a little lady that came in on, on a stretcher. Her son worked at the hospital as a registered therapist. Mm-hmm. The daughter-in-law, they were married. She worked as a third-floor nurse. Mm-hmm. And mother came in. And they sat over each other, over her as she's laying there, fighting about what to do with mother. Mm-hmm. And I just sat there, and I was shocked because I was like, wait a minute, you're an, a, a registered uh, respiratory therapist, and you're a third-floor nurse. You see this every day. This is your life, and you're fighting over the measures to keep her with us or not. And I remember so vividly at the head of the bed, the ER doctor was like, you guys, you got to make a decision. I need to know what's going on. And they were going back and forth. And yes. I was just standing at the door ready to help with whatever. Right. Just watching this. Yeah. And it really I, was a huge impact. I remember you've told that story to me before. Uh-huh. And I, I remember vividly yeah. how impactful it was to you. Oh, my word. Yeah. yeah. So don't do that. Yes. Yes. I mean, even people in our business and in the medical business still have problems talking about end of life (laughs) and it is so hard but that's that story is proof that a a registered therapist is one of the ones that does so much to keep people alive helping them breathe right right? and he didn't know what his own mama wanted yes and that was just shocking. Wow. And and I was like, no, no, we're not going to do that. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yes. My poor children have been over-informed, right? <laughs> yes. Oh, my goodness. Oh, man. Yeah. Well, are you ready to take a little quiz on Pulsed? You know, one quick other thing that I thought of, there's a lot of comfort in knowing how easily this can be changed if I cl- change my mind. Yes. I agree with that. Yeah. It's, it's very, very easy. Yeah. And so... Just because you fill it out because you're feeling one way now, in a couple of years, if you look at it and go, oh, you know, I I've ha- I saw my friend suffer like this. I don't want this. Right. It's Just easily. fix it. It's easy. Yes. They haven't made it hard. Wonderful. I love yeah. this. Actually, this document, as I look at it, the form is one of the, e- I mean, you wouldn't think, given the topic, <laughs> that it would be this straightforward. Oh, it's, it's, but it's amazing. It's, it is very well put together yeah. and I think it just touches on everything that it needs to. It does. And I, I, I appreciate you saying that there is a lot of comfort. Yeah. I would think in knowing that, you know what, if I change my mind, if anything mm-hmm. changes, 
we can just start it, scrap it, and start over with what I want now. Yes. Okay, I'm ready to take a quiz. Okay, so I know we didn't say these numbers to you yet, but I'm just going to see how smart you are. Oh, I am so smart. <laughs> so what percentage of Americans um, do you think have some type of advanced directive? Would you think that would be 20 to 30%, uh, 40 to 50, 60 to 70, or 80 to 90 well, based on your experience <laughs> in the field, I would really hope that it was closer to 80, 90%, but I am betting you it's, it's less. It it's, is far less. Oh. Yes. 20 to 30%. And so read that again. So yes. everybody gets the impact of those numbers. So what percentage of Americans have some type of advanced directive? Only 20 to 30%. Of all of us in the world. Yes. So only 20 to 30% of us have said, have made clear, oh. this is what I want. Oh, yeah. That's, that's a worry. That's where mistakes are made. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Okay. Do you remember? Uh oh. I think I said this. Do you remember what state first established the post? Oregon. You got it. Woohoo! Woo <laughs> all right. <laughs> um, true or false? Post okay. replaces Comfort One in Montana. True. Very true. What about this? True or false? The completion of a Pulse form is voluntary in Montana. Very true. Very true. Yep. It's as easy as that. You got 100%. <laughs> Woohoo! Good job. <laughs> Grunt, groan. Oh, Alyssa's cringing. <laughs> oh, that's right. I have a microphone here. I, didn't, I put a little mustard on Hopefully that. Hopefully she leaves it in there. Most Woo! of the time she cuts out our cringy stuff, but I mean... This is who we are. Oh, you probably know that by look, now. I got 100%. That's what I was all excited it's worth about. It's stretch. Yeah. <laughs> and then, next time say air five. Oh, air five. Perfect. There, and then I wouldn't have to reach <laughs> over the table. Oh, my God. That's funny. <laughs> oh, any last parting thoughts on the polls? You know, uh, once again, we have to give this to the Montana State University Mont Guide and um, to those people there that provide this free of charge. Yes. It's huge. And um, look them up. There's so many different categories and information. Um, and this Pulse is in there. There's a sample Pulse. But go to your primary physician mm -hmm. and ask them for that. Yep. Yep. Uh, do it. Do it. Do it. <laughs> All right. Well, we're going to wrap up today, and I'm going to have a little saying for you. This is, this is Alex said this about his grandfather. Nobody can do for little children what grandparents can do. I felt like my grandpa sparked stardust over me when we got to see him, that I was that special to him. Oh, my goodness. Yeah. <sighs> True. So cute, Alex. So cute. Thank you for right. sharing. Subscribe. Please go out there. Do that on Spotify, Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts. Watch us on YouTube. Mm -hmm. um, send us your stories, your uplifting stories and your verses. You can do that at the caregivenpodcast yep. at gmail.com. Yep. And check out the Facebook Karen Share group. Yep. And leave us a review. Oh, my goodness. Do it. Do oh, another. It. Do it. Yep. You got it. <laughs> All right. Peace out, Girl Scouts. Have a good day. <laughs> The caregiven name is a registered trademark of the Veritrust Health Incorporated Company. EPAGA is not connected to, affiliated with, or endorsed by Veritrust or any of its affiliates. 